What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 81 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. How do they get away with this, Tim? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand either. I don't understand. How are you feeling about this gal gun? I still need to play more of it. To get Do a, you to get a real opinion of really? it on you for you? What I it's exactly what Galgan was. I knew what Galgan was going to be. I played the Xbox 360 import version with one Tina Sanchez at one up with Jeremy Parrish on my side. I knew what it was going to be: mm-hmm. shooting these girls, mm-hmm. making them get all weak in the knees, flush in the face, make orgasm noises, and fall down. That's what it is. That's what I got. I haven't played a lot of it. I haven't played enough to tell you if I'm going to platinum it or not going to platinum it. Yeah. I still like the idea of it, but then I get on the planes and I fall asleep. I saw a thread on the kind of funny Facebook group. Yeah. That was like, is Greg Miller serious about this gal gun? Stuff? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've gone around the bend on it. But this book, man. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Can you describe it? Pornographic. Pornographic. Like, like, describe what you're seeing right now. Right now, I'm looking at a girl in her school uniform and then on the other one of just her and her brawn panties. Yeah. And the panties are not covering everything. Go it's ahead. one of those, like, but I mean, like, she's young. Too young. That's what I was telling Colin. I'm all down for this anime stuff, but this, too far. That's way too. Now that's far. an angel, though. That's it. If that get, uh, she's like probably a, a million years old. She's like a million years old, probably. Are angels old? Now this one, this is concept art. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, man, that's a that's something. That is something going on there. That is something. That's how I see the world. This is kind of funny. Games cast every week. We join together to talk about video games and all the stuff around video games and surrounding video games and why we like them why we don't like them sometimes whole bunch of stuff what's up do you want to talk about why we're using the old microphones and kevin's using the old board we're using using old microphones and kevin is using this like tiny little board that is kind of embarrassing really um because no, to use it though we're gearing up nick scarpini to sit right here and use that thing for the kind of funny studio launch that is upcoming you'll hear more about that soon imminently you'll hear about imminent her about y'all heard about this <laughs> oh it's terrible <laughs> very it's very exciting stuff so please bear with us for the audio that is, I'm sure, unbearable. I'm sure your, it's fine. To, to it's yours. fine, but I'm it'll sure be fine. worse than usual. Yeah, so exactly. Lou Turbo somewhere is pounding his He's head against the wall. super upset. Um, anyways, you can get this show early on patreon.com slash games alongside a whole multitude of goodies. Or you can be like, you know what? I don't want the goodies. And go to youtube.com slash games. We are once again really close to hitting 200,000 subscribers Ooh, over there. Maybe we won't get we robbed again immediately. In the great Thousands unsubscribe again so we can just play this game constantly. It's like Groundhog Day. Of I want to stay at 190,000. constantly rolling the boulder up the hill. So we're getting, never getting we're, there. We're getting there. Thank you for that. Really, really do appreciate that. And of course, thank you to all the, the patrons, including Steven Insler. The boy. For being the Patreon producer of the show once again. Now, spoilers, you did it for the next month, too. Oh, yeah. I gotta, can I just say something about Steven Insler? I appreciate it, and I respect it. You don't have to do this forever. Don't listen to him. You have to. You, I, Steven I, Insler, we appreciate He makes your, the show happen, We appreciate man. your respect. He does, but I'm just saying I feel bad. Has anybody heard from Steven Insler is my no. question. I worry he died. And I think credit card like, is just That's my thing. Over. He's never like hit me up on Twitter. I feel like he should. We're boys now. I feel like you I know? have heard from Steven Insler, but I'm probably making that up. Mm. You just hear his name every week. <laughs> there's this, uh, there's the other dude from San Diego, Steven Utila or something mm. like that. I, I think, think I met him, actually. You, you have. At Polite. Yes. Like when yes. I was just there, incidentally. Yes. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, he's a good dude. Um, So... I want to talk about No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. No, no Man's Man Sky. Sky. Uh, if you want a glimpse into what it's like to be Colin and Greg living at this house, everybody left yesterday and we just laid in our different beds from the other room yelling, No Man's Sky, in different voices. <laughs> and we good. were cracking up. Like, it was the I wasn't even playing it. 
Quite brutal. So you guys, you guys did a little kind of a, a breakdown of your early impressions. Super early impressions. On yeah. P.S. I love you. XOXO. Right. You can find that over on this this beautiful YouTube channel. YouTube.com/slash/games. But now you guys have put a little bit more time into it. What what's the status update from you guys? I have. I, I have. finally got to dive more. Yeah, you haven't played any, right? I played an. I played a little over an hour of the game so far. So, I, yeah. Last night I played brutal instead. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The last two nights I played that. Game. No, I've been doing it. You know, when we in the lead up to Nimmin Sky. What minutes. we've been saying a lot is, and when I say we, I mean me, is that I saw this maybe being a game I put 30 minutes into before bed every night, did something like that, and usually I say stuff like that and then just gorge on a game and, and totally ignore that I ever said that. This has actually been what's happening. These like, I'll get in there, I'll actually chip away for 15, 30 minutes, come back to it, go out there, do that. It's a horrible way to play this game. Mm. It is a horrible way to play this game. I feel like I'm making no progress, and this is a game that makes you feel like you're making no progress, period, right? Like, you don't... Play No Man's Sky. No Man's. No, I can't say it normal now. No Man's Sky, and like you know, check off all these boxes, do all these things, complete all these quests. You're going from planet to planet trying to figure out all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my update is: yeah, I'm probably another hour, hour and a half from where I was on PS. I love you, XO. So, uh, I just got my hyperdrive up and running. I just used it for the first time to jump out of you know the system I was in into this other place. Go over there, see what's happening there. I'm you know learning the ins and outs now of selling material or buying new things. How to communicate with? I walked in to the first space station. There's some goddamn alien back there. Looks totally made up. Probably was. I don't think he's a real alien. And he's there, and they're like, you know, he, he, you know, you don't understand their languages, right? You're just, you're, as you learn, you get words from them, you start deciphering more and more and more, which is a cool, cool thing, I think. But I'm there, and he's like, he gives, yeah, he, I, you know, you get a little description. Have you seen this? Where you no. get like, you'll talk to somebody, or something will happen, and you get the, the text from your character up here, like a journal entry of like how he's feeling or how he's reading the situation. Like, you know, this a- alien that he can't understand is acting angry, and da da da, and he points at your gun or whatever. And so it pops up, and is like, you know, give the guy your gun, refuse your gun. And I'm like, I'm a guest on this space station. I just got here. I give him the gun. He then gives me a better gun. And he's like, oh, that wasn't the way we expected it to go, was it? Yeah, so he's, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. like, how are you traveling? Yeah, yeah. How are you doing this with that Annie, gun? you got a bad gun. I give you a better gun before I get on my horse. Do you, I mean, do you, so you see him actually animate angrily? Like, did you no, get that they just like kind of just... No, they kind of just look okay. around. There's not like getting facial animations or anything like that. Mm. But that was cool. And that was, you know, I was finally feeling like, okay, something's happening. But then it, I went, you know, I got that. I got the hyperdrive. I jumped, you know, so I get to hop over there. I go to a new planet. I land. It's different. It looks really beautiful. You know, that's the one thing about the game. It's gorgeous. There's, you know, I really like the style of it. Uh, see new animals, do all this different stuff. But then it's just back to collecting and stuff. And it was that first thing of like, I'm in this weird spot right now where I feel like tonight will be the first time, I, unless I go to Trivia with Colin, where I get a few hours to actually sit down and play it consecutively before I pass out. And that'll be the real test to see if how into it I am. Because I, I have this thing where... I play it for the 15, 30 minutes I'm going to give it, and I'm like, all right, this is okay. I'm, I feel like I'm finally getting, oh, I can only held 12 things. That sucks. And I got to, okay, what am I going to go? Do I break this down? Is that more important? I go in, I'm still, at, at a glance, I still don't know, like, what I need of, like, wait, does this help my life support, which is always dropping so crazily, or is it? Is this going to help me help the ship or the fuel or whatever? I always have it, but I feel like I'm always... You still learning the rules. Exactly. Of the world. But the thing about it is, now that I did this first, you know, I think two or three runs now, where it's like, all right, cool, I got some stuff, and I'll go back to the space station. I got some stuff, and you know, back and forth, back and forth, where it's just like, I need now another carrot at the end of the stick. I need to know what's what I do with all this. Because mm-hmm. if this is all it's going to be, you know, doing this, getting a better weapon, all right, cool, I'm improving this, I can travel further, I don't know if I'm going to stick around much longer. Not, yeah. cause, and not that I'm saying the game's bad, just because it's. It, I think, I don't know if that's what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, so what's interesting about that, I see a common thread with a lot of uh, people's thoughts on this game are 
the people that just want to be in a world seem to be super happy about it. But the people that like the the Ubisoft style games, the checklists, yeah. and just like collecting things with a sense of completion, this is not that. This is a game you're not gonna hundred percent because I don't, it's not possible. Yeah, you know, it's just more about collecting things, not to collect them all, just to collect the things. Yeah, well, it's it's that, and it's like incremental upgrades, right? If it is okay, cool. Now I have a better gun. Okay, now if I keep keep doing this, I can get a better ship, and now I can get a better hyperdrive, and you know, okay, cool. I can craft this thing that makes me allows me to run longer and like. That's all cool and allows me and my gun not to overheat as fast. And I'm interested in all that in making my Explorer the best Explorer possible. But it's also, you know, the servers are totally fucked as of recording. So you get on there and there's no connectivity. So I haven't named anything. I haven't had that experience where I'm like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm you know, did you see Anthony Carboni's video? Mm. Anthony Carboni put up this video. Everyone should go watch it. Kevin, if you can put it in the description, that'd be great. Uh, over on his channel, which I, I hope is Anthony Carboni, but who the hell knows? F- find him on Twitter. He put up a video that's a PSA, like with the sad music behind it or whatever, where he talks about how he you know got to do a whole bunch of content beforehand working with uh, Hello Games or whatever, and he named all the animals Anthony. Like, oh, that's a sea Anthony, and this is this. And then, so he started a hashtag Save the Anthonys, and he's asking everybody who finds a creature to name it some version of Anthony. And so now he's just retweeting all these people doing that. I'm like, I want to do that. I want to get in there and be part of this, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm just like, oh, cool. It's a name I have no idea how to pronounce and whatever. And this that's is how it's that's going. awesome, though. I saw a bunch of tweets of just T-Rexes. They're just, yeah. That's just straight up a T-Rex that they yeah. just put there. Well, and it's like, you know, I, in that that is the thing I'm getting. Like, you already have those wisps of the game. Where, like, right now, even where I'm like, I don't know if this – I still want to go play it. I still – I keep – today, you know, I woke up super early for some reason, answered a bunch of emails, got through some other stuff. Great. And it was like, I had time before you guys came over. I was like. I want to play, so I jumped in and played for you know 15 minutes. But again, it's just I don't feel like I'm making real progress in that time, and yeah. I don't know if it'll be that once I sit down and have a one marathon a session of like, oh, this is how this works, and I sh- these are just to be traded in, and da da da. If once that all clicks and it can become this thing that I'm popping back and forth into, it won't be as big a deal. Mm. I like what I've seen. I'm just worried about how long it'll keep me. But then again, uh, you know, to the T Rex thing, you know, that I landed on this planet, got out of the thing, and then like all these spiders started attacking me, oh, and no. I was like, oh Jesus! And I ran over to do <laughs> what I no needed, planet. did whatever I did. You know, I, I, I put the stuff back in my life support, talked to the guy, got the thing I needed to get my warp drive working, jumped back out, ran, started trying to shoot the spiders. That scared them off. But then the sentinels were coming over. Like, Jesus, fuck it. Ran over, got into my ship. And just as that happened, literally a dinosaur ran up to the window. The ship was like chilling outside. I'm like, aha, fuck you. And I go to hit the thrusters. And it's like, you're out of thruster gas. I'm like, god damn it. Fuck, what am I going to do? And I like, went through and I find out that I had some and did it and got the hell out of there. But it's like, that's a cool experience. And I do want that. And it's like, I will come back for that. But mm-hmm. I'm worried if it is just land, gather, go, land, gather, go. And it's, and it's But it is that thing. I say that. And then at the same time. I finally got the hyperdrive, right? Got to the new place, got into the new space station, and went to their thing, and they have all the different prices for all that stuff. And I was like, fuck, why didn't I write down what was selling at a higher price at the other space station? So then I could go harvest whatever I need to there, buy whatever here, and go flip it, and just sit here. And I'm like, why didn't I just sit here for 30 minutes doing this over and over and over again in this loop? So I had unlimited money. I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want. I, I want to spend a night just sitting there getting millions of space bucks or whatever the hell it's called. You're great on the black market of No Man's Sky. Yeah, but I mean, like that's the fun of that game is you know going in and that's the thing is like yeah, it doesn't necessarily have the Ubisoft checkboxes, right? There is you jump over like you know where it tells you. I, I keep doing things. It's like new accomplishment, and it's like you know you've met this many aliens or this has happened or you've taken you know gone this far. Very cool. You can go track all that in there. There is the thing of like when it is get your hyperdrive running. It is get this thing get the fuel do this you know go into space and there are check boxes there that pop up but right now for me it's not super accessible for that right because it was like it's I, and i 
I like this and don't, right? There is no hand-holding in the game, which is interesting, which, and, and, you know, is definitely not what the modus operandi is for games at this day and age. So, to get in there and have it be like, I was like, all right, cool. Oh, crap, I got to do this. All right, I'm going to sell all this stuff. I don't think it's important when I sell that. I have enough. I bought the 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 hyperdrive. And then I was like, now you gotta get you got to get a warp cell. And I was like... I like looked around the thing. I, could I buy a warp cell? It's like you know, it's a, it's one of the red, the one of the red with the white lightning bolts. I'm like, I, I see those down there when I'm yeah. So I left, and then it was you know the beacon from somebody or distress signal. And I went over to him. That pushed the story forward that way. But it was that thing of like, am I gonna know how to get this? When am I gonna fit? And now I've done that right, and, and I've jumped for the first time. And now it's like, all right, cool. Now you have to get the recipe to make your own warp cells, and it's it's like. Okay, but where do I get that? And it's, I, the game's—it's all there. I'm gonna find it clearly because I was able to get this far without anything. Yeah. But it's just this interesting thing of—it's not. All right, here's your white line. Go straight to this. This is exactly what you need to do, and you need to exactly talk to this person. You'll be able to buy this. And da, da, da. I got a big question for you, Greg. Sure. Is it fun? What's your definition of fun? Now, here's your answer. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. It, it is, but it's definitely not fun for everyone, right? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I super, I enjoy Minecraft. I really, really like Minecraft, and that's not for everybody. And this isn't obviously you're not building like that, but it is the. As much as I'm like, oh, is it just resource? As soon as I find the exploit, or not even the exploit, but just the one that we're, literally this is a great way to make money, I'm gonna do that, and I'll sit there and put on a podcast and do that over and over again, like I did when I just tunneled into the ground in Minecraft for no reason and got super like, I'm going to build it up by this many blocks by this many blocks and put it up here and I want to put a hole there and then I'm like, I'm going to, give me 16 ovens. I want to cook all this sand to make glass because I suddenly want a glass seat. You know what I mean? Like, there is that to it and as soon as it gets to the point of like, okay, cool, I understand how to get a way better ship and I'm going to start building to that ship because I do want to do this. And Because right now, one of my annoyances is the fact that it feels like your life support systems, your you know oxygen tank, your fire resistance, your fuel goes so fast, goes so so fucking fast. That's the point. That's the curve of the game, right? Is that I am in this, and they don't want me going too far. They want me to figure everything out in this little space. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once I start feeling it, that I'm getting further and further and further, and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I think that'll be the, the defining factor for me. And I mm-hmm. hope after a solid night of playing, I'll have a much better grasp on that. Colin. What are your? I think it's a cool game. Like I, I, uh, I spent maybe a little more than than an hour of the day. We got the codes. I think this was Monday, maybe yeah. when I played. Cause I, I, I played uh, Brutal later that night, and then last night I played it again. So, um, it's it, the the positives from what I can see, from what I can tell. I mean, it's in my head. I'm thinking about it. Uh, it's more than I can say about a lot of games that like really don't um, borrow your their way into your to your mind anymore, unless they're really really good. And a good game does that. So I don't think that No Man's Sky is anything less than good. What I do think that it's going to end up being is underwhelming um, in its overwhelming nature. Jim Sterling wrote a really interesting review that I, 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 I think is required reading for people out there. Um, he didn't like the game very much at all. I think he gave it a 5 out of 10. But the salient point, he had a lot of interesting things to say, and what he was saying was that uh, a game, and, you know, and I'm, I'm generalizing, I talked about it a little bit on Colin and Greg today, is that he was talking about like we are, and I've talked about this in the past as well. When people bring up like oh, journeys, ninety minutes, and the unfinished swan, so short. I'm like, who gives a fuck? Like those games are great for what they are. And he was saying like we're starting to we're starting to conflate scope and size with the character of a game. Like and that big and procedural or big and 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 broad and fucking endless means good, and it doesn't. Like that 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 isn't true. And I think No Man's Sky. Um, for all of the marketing problems and all of the hype and all of the fact they could never reach what people thought it was going to be over these three plus years that we've known about it, um, I think that it's just it's too big, 
And 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 I know that's the idea of the game, but you know, I've been really fascinated reading a lot of people's critical reception of the game. The critical reception of the game is not good. Like it's it's like it's tempered, right? yeah, it's like very it's very. I mean, there are people that really like it, of course. But I, I was going through Metacritic's. Uh, as I explained earlier today, uh, Metacritic has this thing. I don't know how long they've been doing it, where they're actually compiling reviews and progress quotes uh, as well, which I've never seen yeah. before. Not that I'm really like looking at Metacritic all the time. And I was reading them just one by one, and I'm like, three fourths of these are like decidedly mediocre. Some of them are just outright negative. And I'm like, that's an interesting thing because everyone's only been playing the game since Monday, so it has. And so these are like interpretations of, as of Tuesday night of, of the game, and. The, the thing about me playing it and the reason why I, I, I just haven't been I want to play it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it I'm going to dump time into it I am I have to because I feel like it. I feel like I owe it to this game for some reason I like really see because mm-hmm. I feel like there's like I love space I love space exploration I love all that kind of stuff and I feel like you know there's something here for me and when I played it I was filled with a sense of awe where I was like this is kind of cool like I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing uh, but I'm doing it but what I'm realizing is that to Greg's point and from reading these reviews and just talking to friends that have played the game and dumped some time in it, it's just it really is the same thing over and over and over again. And you can say that about any game, right? Yeah. In Ninja Gaiden, you're running around swinging a sword left to right over and over and over again. But that's really fun. Like, that's a rewarding gameplay loop. I don't know that this is going to be fun for more than a few hours for me. Mm-hmm. And what I sense from people out there is that some people are really going to love it mm-hmm. and some people are not going to like it at all. And I don't know that there's going to be much of a middle ground. And that's fine. Sean Murray himself, uh, Hello Games' uh, he, you know, lead, uh, said uh, himself he used the word divisive, and, and he thinks the game's going to be divisive. I don't think Sony did any favors for this game. I think they hyped it up way too much. I think they built it into something that it was clearly not going to be, and I, we talked about that for a long time. I, I said from the fucking word get-go when we, when, we, when we saw it in 2013, I'm like, there's no way. Like, like what, you, what everyone thinks, this team is like 15 people. There's just no way that they're going to make this game into what everyone thinks it's going to be. Yet, it's still algorithmically and mathematically super impressive. Yeah. It's um, a great idea. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's the thing, and, and that's the that's the thing, I, like, I, I, that's at the nugget for me and why I want to give it time and why I want to give it a fair shake. And I don't think an hour plus, an hour and change is a fair shake 100%. for this game at all. And I want to give it a fair shake because I think it's cool. One of the big things, I think the reason it will be so divisive is the fact that the people who are like it's the same thing over and over again fall out of it are going to walk away with that idea and the people who are going to go into it are going to go into it full bore and it is going to be that you're going to have these explorers with these amazing ships who can run for hours and who can never you know don't take damage and have these guns that blast down the iron reserves in two seconds I mean like you're going to get so powerful that that game's going to open up and then space becomes like your oyster and you are able to travel and do all the stuff but the people like me who are already like and I'm not saying I'm going to be one of them I hope that I turn this corner and I'm totally in and I get it it all clicks I'm ready to go and I want to be that person because I do want to be that person I want to be somebody who plays the game a long time because I do I still stand by the fact that like it feels like a great end cap to every night right we have these stressful days running this business and then to go in there and like right, cool I'm going to warp over to there I've never been there oh these planets are oh cool I'm going to get this resource and I'm building to getting this new blaster cannon that I've been really eyeing Mm -hmm. for my ship or something like that those people, the ones who give that much time, are going to be like super into it. The people who drop out early and don't get to see that are the ones who won't understand. Yeah, yeah. but there's there we talk about it's like the Final Fantasy thirteen effect, right? Like how much time yep. do you have to put no, no, in, no. into a game to get something out of it? And I'm simply not made of time. No one is. And like I I'm of the mind in a sense with this game, and this is just me being very candid about it, that there are people that just under no circumstances will will like it. Will, and there are under 100%. no circumstances will not like it. Mm-hmm. Like and I think that there's just already camps developing or whatever, and I'm really trying to be as objective as possible and in going into it. That's why, as I said when we talked about it on PS I Love You, I'm like, it's no less than good. I mean, I, I don't know how you can look at this game and be like, this game isn't good. Or this game isn't interesting. Of course it is. 
uh, it's bold and ambitious, and I think that Hello Games, at the very least, should be commended for trying something very new and very different. I mean, this is this is a game that is totally algorithmic. This is a game that is. And no, like when I and I talked about it on PS I Love You, I think when I went to the credits, I wanted to see because I was really super interested. You could just go to the credits immediately from the menu, and I was like, I want to see how many people worked on this game because I don't believe for a fucking second that they didn't outsource a lot of this shit. Lo and behold, that screen doesn't scroll at all. It's literally like sixteen names, and I'm like, that's incredible. Right. I thought when Sony got involved and Sony kind of picked this game up as a de facto first party game that. They were going to dump, and I'm sure they did dump a lot of money into it, but they were going to outsource this, that there was probably a hundred people that were working on this mm-hmm. game, and they were just kind of keeping it as well-hidden secret, and went, and you see that in the credits. There are outsourced studios all, the, all over the world that do shit, mm-hmm. like yeah. make assets or figure out a math equation or figure just out a worry program. about online yeah, or like, whatever, yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, they should be commended. They really, and there's a great image going around of, of four sequences with Sean Murray looking more and more tired and withered and haggard <laughs> as, as the process of developing the game goes on. But do I think that they overpromised with the game? I don't think they did. I think Sony did, and I, I think that that's a that's a problem because there's a problem of, of optics with this game. It's the and as I said before, it is the same issue that the Last Guardian is going to suffer from. They can't meet the expectations, so you have to just take the game as it is. And I think I think the game is a respectable, bold, interesting idea. It is extremely empty, but I don't know if that's really I, I don't know if that's a bad thing. It's space. But I do get the, you know, Dan Stapleton at IGN, I read his review today. What do he doesn't it? like the game either. And, you know, he uh, he was saying that, he hasn't scored it yet, gotcha. but he was saying that the game is just empty, that there are like fighter or not fighters, I guess your ships, you can see them sometimes in atmospheres, but like they're not doing anything. They're not like on trade routes, they're not like even, co- they're just there to make it seem like the universe is full, but in reality you're just totally by yourself. Mm-hmm. And... Another person, I, I think it was a GameSpot or, or, or GamesRadar, someone said, because I've been reading all these things, I'm, I'm actually more interested in the, what people think of this game than playing it at this point. The, another person was saying, it's fun to rename things, and it's fun to find an animal and name it, or find, find a planet or some sort of resource or whatever. But he's like, if no one's there to see it, like, who cares? Like, if, if, if I name this planet, and it's one of trillions, a trillion planets, and no one's ever going to see it, who the fuck cares? And that's an interesting, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point that I never really thought about, yet... I think it's one of those games like Journey, but like on the opposite end of the spectrum, you're going to get out of it something, as Greg said, something totally different depending on, I don't necessarily know if it's time as much as it's like just energy, like what, like, and mind share, like what you, what you put into it. One of our community members, I don't know his name, I saw it on the Facebook group today, is keeping a handwritten journal of his time in No Man's Sky, which I think is a fucking cool idea. I would never do that because that seems like too cumbersome and laborious for me, but he's sketching things out and writing things out. I'm like, that's kind of cool because you would imagine that that's, he's role-playing that character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think No Man's Sky is quite unlike, even though it takes, you know, it's a little bit of Minecraft and Terraria and all these kinds of games. It, it, it's not unlike anything we've ever seen before, so I think we need time to mm-hmm. marinate and to figure it out because I think for a lot of people this is going to be the game of the year and maybe even the game of the platform. Yeah. And I think for a lot of other people... This game is going to crash and burn for them. Like, and, and but I think that either way, it's going to be a ma- massive success for Sony. And yeah, and it, I think that's the thing is like we keep talking about how Sony overhyped it and did all this stuff, but like them doing that made all those things true. Otherwise, like without them having it at E three, even multiple E three, showing the things that they showed, what's the difference between this or Abzu, where it is just a smaller game that comes out? Like if this didn't have that hype and that platform. I don't think that it would be seen the same way. I, don't, I definitely don't think the same discussions would be going on. But I the think. game might be 
the the the, un, the unfortunate truth though it's like the last guardian right like if we never saw the last guardian and they released it and they called it you know project x on playstation mm-hmm. 4 and we just didn't know we would have probably that game would probably be metacritic scored higher two points but i guess the you thing know, is so like what matters more metacritics or sales well both because i think that a good example of this is like i ha- we have a pretty good authority the order 1886 sold pretty well right on ps4 that's good for Sony. They probably made money on the game. They have this great engine now and this this high fidelity kind of a- engine that they're working with. But the game sucks. No one is interested in like there are very few people like I were actually authentically interested in the sequel. But there are a lot of people that are like I'm never going to play that shit ever again. And if I see anything with the order on it, I'm, like there's a long game to be played with a lot of this stuff too. You want both, and so mm-hmm. I, I don't. Sony of course wants to be profitable. They're a corporation, but also on the back end, you know, No Man's Sky is going to be supported for a long time. It was a smart game for them to get in a bed with. Um, but I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is it's just even if you've dumped dozens of hours into the game as some people have, I still think it's too early to even render any sort of conclusion because this game's just so weird. It's almost well, like an MMO where it's like just yeah. you have to just just relax and like kind of see how it all pans out. The, the game's not the the game isn't working properly right now. It's it's there's no real online functionality. It is empty. It's it's lonely. Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of gets me like I am just off of playing I am Setsuna. I Platinum did on PS4, a really fantastic Japanese role playing game from Tokyo RPG Factory and that game is all about sorrow and sadness. That was like what the game's all about. If you're not into that, the game's going to fucking make you cry. You know, like if you don't want to be in that world. But that's what the game was about. I kind of feel like No Man's Sky is about loneliness. I mean, it's about you know, making your own adventure, and that's the thing. And like that, when we go back and forth with like, what what, what do they say about multiplayer? And is and these people who have been trying to find and meet themselves, and all, or not meet themselves, meet each other. You get to this point of I think the journal is such a great point, and the 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 one going around on Twitter today of that weird look, <laughs> looking over there and oh, seeing that, that weird little animal so that stops good. and it looks at the guy and then just fucking runs at him and starts attacking him. It's like it's an amazing. Those thing. are those moments where that are going to matter, and that it is a game where yeah, there isn't. A story there isn't this thing happening it's these moments that you'll have that you'll share that you'll talk about to your friends that, that are going like my stupid dinosaur spider thing today that happened like those are the ones that make that and you and if you are a guy who's like yeah i do I, i'm gonna hang out in this system because i want to learn this language and i want to keep bringing yeah. things back to get words from these people so i can understand all them and you know d- decode all this and that's interesting and you know fascinating today you know Someone hit us up on Twitter and was like, you know, I heard where you guys are. He's like, I just finally wrapped my head around monolith. That really opens it up. You should keep doing that until you get to that point. That's going to be fascinating. Though. Yeah. And not I to mention that it's in, in – I'm sorry. To all the you know comparisons to Minecraft, I do think that this is going to be another game that's such a moving target. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep putting out these updates, and it's going to be like, all right, cool. This is how you can see things easier. This is what Now those ships are trade routes and doing yeah. all these things. I think that's the key thing, too, in the uh, – the argument against the order 1886 thing the metacritic stuff is that this game is gonna and it depending on the people the hardcore people um, playing and finding this stuff which i think that there there is already we're seeing there's that a group of people that are dedicated to that and as long as there's enough nuggets like that kotaku's gonna every day have some different like oh this thing found this right. thing found for how long forever you when, know what i mean for the next I, year you know like i finished today right my session and i was like i need to go watch a couple of these videos that are like the five things to do when you get no man's sky just to get a little jump started like what what would amplify it you know what i mean and that's literally how minecraft started right where it was here's this game no fucking recipes in it and people had to start going to boards and talking to each other and checking in i i think i think the one important thing with no man's sky is in a, we we are eager to jump to conclusions a lot in this industry, and, and I do, and I, I think I think we're our conclusions, wh- whether they're positive or negative or neutral, are, 
are right for us, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think No Man's Sky is one of those games where we kind of have to keep an open mind. Like that's that's where and like and keep that open mind open for a while longer. Doesn't mean you have to play it or buy it, but I think it's gonna be. It's just it's just it's weird. It's not a platformer. It's not it's not a side scroller. It's not an RPG. It's 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 just it's kind of this weird thing. I I, I just I'm reluctant, even very preliminarily having played the game in a very rudimentary way i am nowhere in the game at all you know I, I'm, I'm flying around and seeing shit but i'm like you know i just don't know i don't know i all i know is that it's it's good like it's 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 good it's it's and i i, I and i think the word like I, the bold bold is mm-hmm. the word i would use to describe it i just think it's bold so bold games sometimes don't work out very well you know i think abzu you guys i know you guys talked about it last week i think abzu is a huge miss like i think i think as i described it in the seinfeld a Seinfeld uh, reference. We already have a George. You know, we already have a journey. We don't need Abzu, right? No Man's Sky. We don't have a No Man's Sky. So it's like, I, I, want, I, need, I need time. And I've never, not never, but I, it's been a long time since I've been so interested in what other people think. Mm. Where I'm like, I don't even know what to think. Like, I, I want to, I'm like, I'm seeking out random ass opinion. I, always, I read Jim Sterling's reviews. I'll, I'll read a review here and there. But I'm like scouring shit about No Man's Sky because I'm, I'm just like, I don't. I want to. There, I want to see like what the consensus is. The consensus seems to be, ironically, when you have two polar opposites right in the middle, right? Like, and it's not because people are meeting in the middle. It's because like, well, you take some of the good and some of the bad. Mm-hmm. You take the good, you take the bad. Thank you. Yeah, you take them both, and you have facts of life. Facts of life. Facts of life. So, do you think people should play No Man's Sky? Give it a shot. Yeah, I, I mean, if what's you've been hearing sounds interesting, sure. If you're like, I hated everything about Minecraft, and I hate games that don't have a narrative, th- then no, of course not. But cool. I what do you think, Cole? I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I think. Remember, we talk about often about The Witcher Three, how, I, and we were actually talking. I think with Adam Boys about it yeah. a few days ago, where I'm like, I, Witcher Three made me lose my goddamn mind because it just never stopped, just never stopped, never stopped throwing things at me, never made me feel like I was making any progress, never, you know, all those kinds of things. That concerns me about No Man's Sky because it is a thousand times worse than that. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, if that sounds fun to you. Like an endless, I feel like you're going to extract and squeeze much more than sixty dollars out of the game if you play it enough. If you're committed to it and you stick it through, yeah. But I think that if you, you should probably watch some videos. You should probably, I would wait. I mean, I don't. I don't. What's the rush? Mm-hmm. The game's probably going to be patched again soon. Like, I, we've waited so long for this game. Like, if you maybe wait a few more weeks and see what people really think, and some people you trust, like, have render final verdicts and. No, you know, Hello Games maybe releases another patch and stuff. Remember, the game radically changed with the patch, the day one patch, like radically. If you read the, I've never seen patch notes like that in my fucking life, and, and, and with a launch game in my yeah. actually, or in a launch patch. I, in fact, I don't ever, I don't know if I've ever seen a patch like that ever, and even one a year after the game came out, it's like they're like we changed everything. You know, it, it never. I don't know if you saw the patch notes; it never stopped. Yeah. It was like we changed this, and oh, we changed the entire game. Okay, cool. You know, and. uh the one thing that concerned me about it, which people said was mitigated by the patch, was that people already had the platinum trophy, which shows you that not the trophies are indicative of length or quality of a game, of course, but shows you that you can see and do everything in the game because the trophies are all like see this many things and achieve this title and all this kind of stuff. People have it, so another thing to be a little concerned about. But be open-minded. Staying in the realm of PlayStation, I want to talk about PlayStation meeting. Oh, PlayStation meeting, twenty sixteen at the PlayStation Theater is happening. in PlayStation City. Yes. PlayStation City, big old PlayStation City. So here's the thing: we know it is happening on August seventh, three p.m. September seventh. I'm sorry, September seventh, three p.m. Eastern time, right? Right. We know that it's going to be the PlayStation Neo, PlayStation. You 4. don't know that. 
Whatever. It's gonna be more we, than that. We know that. PlayStation know Trinity. That. It's gonna be more than that. I think so. So let, let's let's. What do you think it is, Call? Uh, there are some rumors that there might be a slim PS4 there as well. I I don't know if that's true or not, based on some some patents and stuff like that that have been leaking out that people were actually thinking maybe it was a new Vita and, and we got excited for about PlayStation Vita Trinity. Um. I think uh, they're going to show the Neo. I, I uh, obviously in there, and and what I'm most interested to see is the pricing, the specs. Uh, well, it's like it is the Trinity. It's the it's the it's the pricing, the specs, and the release date. It's the only things that matter. Um, but I think there might be more there too. I I think that if they're going to see if if Neo has more high tech components and is going to raise the price of PlayStation Four, then they must have something new sell at PS4 at a, at the same or lower price too. In other words, you're going to have like some sort of uh, divergence of price points otherwise because greg and i were talking like is the neo gonna phase out ps4 and if so like ps4 standard and if so which i think might not be a, a bad idea but are you gonna sell it for more like uh, so there's there's semantical problems with this that i think are gonna have to be answered at this beyond just the neo itself mm-hmm. if you're gonna reveal this thing then they're quite they're, the automatic questions are what happens to ps4 are you releasing some sort of slim, really cheap model of it? Because now you're gonna, there's gonna be some sort of power deficit, and you know, I think those are important and salient questions to answer right off the bat. So I think that they're not just gonna have a half an hour thing like, here's the Neo and here are the specs and the release date and the price. They're gonna have to really talk a lot about the old PS4 too. And if they don't, that's a huge mistake. Well, so it's gonna be live streamed. Yep. So because of that, we kind of assume this is gonna be more of a press conference style oh, yeah. thing. Pre and like post seen. shows, Twitch.tv. It'll be like it'll be like the PS4 reveal in 2013. Yeah. We were invited. Greg and I got our invites to go, but we're we're not gonna go. I don't think. And as of now, we're not going. We, we're we, trying to figure out like what the benefit would be, if, even if there's hands on there. Does it really matter? Hands on a PS4 games, like yeah. that's not. They look better. I, yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I'll take your word for it. You know, I, I've yeah. played these games, so I think we're gonna. So we did get our invites, and we we are going back and forth with Sony about what the benefit would be going, but looks like we're not gonna go. And uh, yeah, but it will stream for all to see. And I think it'll be a Twitch. lot like it won't be as nearly as exciting or cool, but it'll be a, it'll be like the PS4 February 2013 reveal. I think it'll be probably be an hour long. I'm sure they'll have some devs talking about some what first party and third party it, game yeah. and like how they're extracting power out of it and stuff. And what I'll be most interested to see is. There are rumors circulating that that um, I think I think from Vice, but I'm, I'm not sure. They'll hold me to that. About we we had some conjecture in, in the past that did Sony look at Scorpio and get a little nervous because Scorpio is a quantum leap for Xbox One, which is why I think it's a more acceptable revision, um, especially because it's coming out next year as opposed to Neo, which is supposed to come out this year. That's supposed to be just a little bit of a step forward. Yeah, Patrick Klepek and Austin Walker said that uh, Sony has looked at upping the power compared to the original specs. And there was internal worry that the Neo may look outdated compared to Scorpio next year. And how much they can adjust the Neo before launch is unknown. And final dev kits will release around the September 7th reveal. So they're not even out yet. So there is a chance they've been right. now, tweaking things. Now, there's an important caveat there. And this is something Greg and I talked about as well, although we don't know what it means. The dev kits are going out. But when you, um, when you, you spec games on PC to what they say the console is going to run at. So people are already working. Mm-hmm. Definitively working on Neo games, and remember the rumor was that by the end of September, any game coming out had to have been, or well, any game starting in October and any game releasing in September had to be patched. Right, that was the old rumor, and 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 so my assumption is that the it could be a red herring with like, well, the the the, the kits are going out, therefore the console doesn't come out for a while. I don't know necessarily if that's true or not true. All I know is that like when you talk to devs, like for instance, Vita games um, were made uh, were put on Vita for a lot of developers at the last second. If you talk to them, because like they didn't have enough dev kits to go around, um, 
this, this so they Sony's probably communicated a long time ago. It's going to run at this, and this is what you're going to spec your games at. So make them run on PC, and then we'll send you the dev kits, and you'll be able to get them onto the dev kits, and then we can start certifying everything. I I, I assume that's that's probably the thing. So think while so. I was a little more bullish on an, on an early next year approach for PS Neo based on that specific sentence, I'm actually kind of backtracking on that a little bit now that I realize well. Why would you miss out on the holiday sales mm-hmm. and, um, especially when Xbox has the Xbox One S out there, right? And p- people are buying the shit out of it, right? Exactly, it's selling well. The, uh, that white one, I think, sold mm-hmm. out. I think it's gone. Um, as far as I know, they're not even making. Yeah, side headlines says it's gone forever. Um, it gone, but I don't know the details. So, so I think that there. So there's a lot like. I'm interested, like, so I'm interested in the form factor. I'm interested in all those kinds of things. My hope is that it looks exactly the same. That's what I. That's what I would really love is it's just the fucking same shell. But they're not going to do. They'll that. never do that. Um, Doesn't make sense. Well, it, it makes sense from this point of view of being like. I still think they're going to have an issue with this. I still, I still think that I still think there's going to be a big issue with this. Um, and I, it would be kind of a cool thing to be like, it's really the same. Like, it's just a little more powerful. You want to be able to tell you look at it on your shelf. You can just tell your friends you have. But actually, one of the things happened today with Hello Games um, coming out and saying Neo will change the nature of their game. I'm like, see? You know? I'm like, now you are creating haves and haves not. I didn't see that, what they say. Uh, that it will just allow them to create a bolder, more ambitious game, I guess. I don't know the exact quote, but I, I, I was reading it before. Um, this this is exactly what I was talking about. This is exactly what I was talking about. This is going to happen for a lot of games now, and this is going to create controversy and problems for Sony. So they have to have a marketing approach to this, and they have to have a PR approach to this, too, to put out these fires. Because now we're going to see games running on this console, and so are we going to... How are, we going to, how are the games going to look on the old console? Yeah. If No Man's Sky is going to be better on Neo, isn't that against the whole, the whole preface of a ubiquitous platform? Why even have a PlayStation 4 at that point? So Sean Murray says, quote... For our game, No Man's Sky, it's procedurally generated. So more powerful hardware doesn't just mean upgraded textures or higher frame rate. It means we can fundamentally change the experience. You can have, and you'll see this from our patch notes, we're able to change huge things in the universe because we have complete control. With more powerful hardware, we can have more trees, more leaves on those trees. The density or immersion of worlds or new types of worlds could could exist. So when you, like, that's the problem is when you're talking about this fundamentally changing. Leaves and trees, cool. But then the last part of the new types of worlds—that's that's where it gets into it. Where because the rest of that does just sound like PC slider stuff. Sure, the shaders and all that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it's just more complicated than that, though. These these games. This is gonna. I'm I'm super interested. In the, and we're never gonna learn the answers, but the, the 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 pipeline issues with this too. Like certifying games takes time and money. It's, uh, I I pointed everyone towards uh, uh, Rami Ismail's uh, from Vlambeer's piece on Kotaku last week about. The act of certification, and I tweeted that out because Greg and I talk about cert a lot on PS I Love You, um, and what it means to go through cert and the nightmares you hear from developers about going through certification. It's fucking terrible, and uh, now they have to go through it twice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, every game's gonna have to go through certification twice now. Now all these games are gonna have to be. I, I, I'm telling you that there's. I think Sony's fully cognizant and aware of these issues, and I'm sure that they have a plan, of, like an approach. I think this is why it might have ta- has might maybe taken so long to reveal to them, in addition to maybe respecting it. I think they would. Yeah, they, I think. They, I but think they but I don't know. I don't sure. know that they're respecting anything. Like you have to assume that if this is coming out in October, let's say it's coming out on October 13th, mm-hmm. same day as PSVR. I think that's probably a safe date to assume, right? Yeah, if it's this uh, year, that makes right. sense. Um, those components were ordered eight months ago. Like they're they're not respecting anything. I, I don't know how you would possibly... They're ma- ma- probably manufactured already. So, like, at, at that point, like, what are you going to do? You're going to go to Foxconn and be like... It's like the famous... Isn't there a Bill Gates story where he had... They had a prototype iPhone 1 in his pocket with his keys and... They, Steve Jobs. Using, or Steve Jobs, rather. What did I say? 
Bill Gates. Gates. Steve Jobs had an uh, iPhone in his pocket with the keys. The plastic screen. Uh, the plastic screen. The keys scratched the shit out of the screen. The iPhone was going to come out in like a month or six weeks. And he's like, we have to remove the screens from all of, the, all of them. Put glass screens on. Uh, like that's, that's a big lift. It's a heavy mm-hmm. lift for a company that doesn't really have that much money. For I think they've tinkered with it. I don't, I don't, and I don't know what that would mean. But I think something has to have changed from when this originally was what it was. And I think that it's a direct reaction to everything we've heard about. Well, I was reading uh, on NeoGAF, a lot of people think that what this could mean is things like overclocking. Like, they figured out ways to just kind of sli- change the clock speed on stuff yeah, to, yeah. to kind of just be able to boost the specs that they throw out there and, like, put on the box, you know? Yep. Um, because people hear the six teraflops or whatever it is. We love um, teraflops. For... Uh, the Xbox, the Scorpio, and I think that that, that is, the, it's the number. All this is, it, it's like back in the day with the bits, you know, it's like, oh, 64-bit versus this. It's like, all right, well, what does that actually mean for the, the, game for the games and for, for the things that are happening? And I think that, uh, obviously, numbers do matter. Like, those things, like, to people that don't understand what they are, higher numbers sound way more um, enticing. So I think yeah. that, like, even if it was just overclocked stuff, that can go a long way in terms of what the Neo potentially was versus what it potentially could be um so besides the the system let's predict the live stream let's predict the the conference itself okay what do you think happens what games are shown um how do they focus on vr versus games we've already seen are any new games going to be announced i think it opens with a slick ass montage as usual and then like similar to how they did the playstation 4 reveal which did so well right like you have it, it like the silhouette of it right and it's it's playstation you know, I, more importantly i, I want to know guesses of what the, it's gonna be called ps4 plus you think that's what it's gonna be that's my guess yeah, yeah. but whatever it is p doesn't that get a little bit and then confusing <laughs> with playstation plus maybe i don't know i don't I, my other theory is that they just call it playstation 4 you know, if they're going to phase, if they're going to phase it out, then it's like, this is just PlayStation Four. That to me, that makes the most sense. Is phase the other one out? This is the PlayStation Four from now on. But do you and care if it's fifty dollars more than what PlayStation Four is now? I mean, if is it fifty dollars better? That's the kind sure. of the question. It's like if you want, if consumers want to find an older one, they can find an older one. Like that's you need to when you're making changes like this, you kind of got to stand behind them, or else the the more I feel like this is the type of thing you need to commit to. You can't kind of like pussyfoot around it and just be like, here, you, if you want the old one, it's cheaper now. Because that's like, unless they're just trying to get rid of the stock that they have, and then that totally makes sense. Yeah, they need to commit to this, and they need to be like, it is, it is what it is. Your games, if you already have PlayStation Four, it's gonna be fine. If you want the best experience, this thing's out there, and it's gonna piss a lot of people off. But sure. I think it's gonna make the people that want it happy, and I think that's what's important at the end of the day. It's like keeping the thing going. Sure. Um. So I, yeah, I think that uh, just calling the PlayStation Four is the best move but. it's only the but it only they can only do this if they are phasing out old ps4 and if they're charging the same price and i just don't know i don't i don't know enough about the components and i don't know enough about that kind of stuff at all to know if they can get away with doing that they are selling they've always sold playstation 4 to profit so um they might be willing to eat it a little bit but if they're going to charge like you know 50 dollars more or 100 dollars more and then they'll be like this is it this is the ps4 you're gonna make you're that would be a fr- i couldn't think of a time in history where they were where they're like we're going to significantly raise the price of the console mm-hmm you know, and I was like, well, what? That's why I think this is still, I still feel like this could be an unforced error, but it's all about, it's all conjecture because we don't know how the hell it's going When they come out and sell it, that'll be the different thing, right? Because I think when this is, it's Tale of Two Cities with like Scorpio and this, right? Where Scorpio came out and was like, here's your first impression of this thing. Here's everyone saying it's awesome. Here's us telling you why it's awesome. We're building something here that's going to be awesome. And PlayStation let it all leak, 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 leak. Everybody had an opinion, an opinion. Andrew House gives like a business insider or whatever quote about it. It's like, Ugh, like this is a shitty way to reveal this. Yeah. You come out and it's an awesome montage. Andrew House, you assume, takes the stage, talks about how successful PlayStation 4 has been, but they need to look to the future and iteration and how things have changed. Let me introduce you to the PlayStation 4 Plus. A hero shot of it. 
talks a little bit about the what's in it, how why it's better, what is doing this. Let's talk about the games. Bring up Neil and Bruce. They come up, talk about, hey, yeah, Uncharted 4 looks like this on it. They show you Uncharted 4 on it. They tell you that that'll be a day one patch for Uncharted 4. As soon as this releases, you'll be able to get it. You'll be able to play this. It'll look more amazing. Jump into the next one. Show some new game, right? Yeah, that is coming up. Talking about the fact of, like, we've always been excited. It's always looked great, but it looks so much better. We're getting so much more out of it. Uh, this is why it's awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Jump from that into, let's get you into, like, specifics about it now, right? Like, here is the price. Here is the release date. And then some kind of stinger, I think, at the end, yeah? Mm-hmm. But how does PSVR play into it? I don't know how much they want to play into it. I, 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 it, that's the weird thing about this is it, it's, it seems like the rumors always go back and forth, right? If it is for PlayStation VR, it's not. It's just for 4K. It, it, you're not going to get any more out of PlayStation VR. Maybe you will get more out of PlayStation VR. I think that that you talk about. I you can. I don't think you show it. I don't think you talk about it because I think the concern is that if you do, you suddenly have all these PlayStation VR pre-orders, right? That now now feel screwed over in the fact of like you're telling me I have to shell out. Six hundred dollars. Then it becomes Oculus. Then it yeah, becomes buy. exactly, exactly. You lose the advantage you have. Mm-hmm. The, I don't think in the, you don't want people thinking about that day and date that they have to have it. I don't. Th- I think putting it out on October thirteenth is a great idea. You're already in the store. You're buying PlayStation 4, uh, VR. You're already dropping all this money. Why not get this one? Whatever. But when it becomes like cool and it's going to make it so much better, it's going to make it's going to run the game this way, and you know, you know, get rid of. That's when it gets like. Wait a second, man! I just I bought I I already pre-ordered this. I already paid for this so far out, thinking that I had the best experience for far that. Out. Far out, man! <laughs> I'm gonna smoke an L and play some PlayStation VR mm. on my, my my Neo. Yeah, I, I this is intriguing. I'm intrigued. I, I I think that they have I think they have just uh, obvious marketing challenges, and I think they're going to have to they're going to have to maintain uh, positivity around the PlayStation 4 throughout this if they don't do it right, because I think that it's going to be easier to not do this right than to do it right. I think that the second Neil and Bruce come out and say, like, look at, the un- look at Uncharted 4 on, on PS Neo, whatever, everyone's going to be like, what about the 40 million of us that have a PS4? Are you kidding me? Like, what now we... Like, I'm telling you this is going to be a problem. I, I, I don't... I know some people are upset about this, but people are going to be like, so I get the shitty version of the game now. Is that what you're telling me? I get the shitty version, and like, how how are you gonna how are you gonna how are you gonna be like? No, you're fine too. Horizon looks way better on this machine and runs better, but you guys will get it too. You know, you you got it. You're gonna have has ha, or haves and haves nots with with this. Like you you are. So it's it's, it's, it's so man. It's, no, it does it does it does. But but it is not. This is not normal for this industry. You for know, this, like for consoles, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, going yeah. to. This is the new normal. I it think. is. But, I mean, I'm not disputing that. Tim. What I'm saying is that no one has dealt with this before. These aren't yeah. phones. You know, like they're not. They're not iPads. They're they're consoles. The any, for instance, like the NES that came out in 1985 and the NES that came out in 1993 are identical. They don't. The NES. The, the top only NES doesn't do anything to those games. Like it's the same fucking thing. It just runs it way more reliably. The SNES, all the Genesis iterations, for instance, are the same. All the SN, the two SNES uh, iterations are the same. PS ones are the same, like the P- Play PlayStation and PS one, the proper PS one, like the little one. Yeah, Th- this is new, and so like I think that you know this isn't like adding an Ethernet port or Wi Fi. Can I, you know like it's like this is this is a PC like move, and I think they're doing it out of survival. Like they 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 understand, it. and I, I don't I don't begrudge them that these people are way smarter than me. I, I have no doubt about that, but. You when you when you radically change something that people are used to, some of us, you know, we've been playing games for thirty years like this. The, you're, you're gonna have some problems, and I'm not saying they're not gonna overcome it. I'm not gonna say that in five years we're gonna look back and be like, that was fucking stupid. Like, why would we ever not want this? Mm-hmm. I still think that it would have been cooler to have a modular console, 
but um, and I think that they weren't far. I don't think either of the manufacturers were smart enough to do that. And I think that if they can go back, they probably would have. But because um, that would have been way easier for them, they didn't have to R and D all this new shit, and they can just like you can plug and play as much yeah. as you want. I think that would be way smarter. I think that's what the next consoles will be. But um, in the meantime, I, I think that they have to overcome those things. So yeah, the Trinity though, name, price, release date, and I'm gonna say I, I I'll stick. I think PlayStation Four is I, I, possible. I think P, something like PS Four Plus or PS even PS Four Two or something like that is possible. You want about PS Four Point Five? Nah, I, I, that's too techy, right? That's how I feel. But I mean, that's what I mean, they're calling an internal. Like, S, I mean, then they won't do that, obviously. But you know what I mean? Something to that. I think putting a number on it makes even more, or a letter on it makes more sense to a consumer mm-hmm. again when we're chasing phones. If that's what we're going. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, yeah. So the name uh, price, I think it's going to be uh, the same price as PS4 is now, and the, um, and if it's not, then PS4 is definitely getting staying. The standard PS4 is definitely staying, and it's definitely getting a price cut. I think it'll be fifty dollars um, more than it is now. Then, then PS4 has got to get a significant. I, like a, I it's agree. It's got to get. It's got to get cut, and maybe they make make a slim model. Which all this all this stuff I think all this stuff's floating around in the ether like it's going to happen. I think you'll get slim model there. I think it'll be yeah less than what it is now. Fifty dollars more for that one, and I think the stinger at the end will be red then. Mm. You're in New York, Rockstar. That's actually a great point. That's that's. I think that's what you come out and you're like and you know because it's still a gaming thing. You have to sell everybody on games, games, games. I don't again. It it is the haves and have nots. I don't think you come out and you're like (laughs) Dead looks so much better on Neo, but. Maybe you do, because then again, you're giving yourself another leg up on wh- why you should buy this instead of an Xbox, you know, One S this holiday. Yeah, and 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 I've said I've said in the past, I think I said it on the show, but I've definitely said it on PS. I love you. Is that I didn't believe the rumors about Red Dead supposed to be at it was was supposed to be the the stinger at E3. at E3 Sony's E3 conference until I heard it from people I trust. Like I heard it from people that I absolutely fucking trust. So. They're not it's wrong about of, anything else. I yeah. don't know why they'd be wrong about this. So, the, so something happened there, I think. And so, yeah, it's possible that they are, they're owed this. Um, you know, they could have they could have pulled it in light of the Orlando shooting and stuff like that. Because I'm sure it's a very violent that trailer. Was a rumor, yeah. So, um, you know, something that's actually a little weird for Rockstar. They usually don't give a fuck about anything, but um, yeah, I guess you know. But again, PlayStation, though, right. they do care. So, yeah. so yeah, I think yeah. Uh, there's a, a bunch of different ways this can go. Uh, release date, I think uh, October 13th. Although. Uh, if it doesn't come out alongside PSVR, you think next year? Maybe next year. Like I, I don't know that you. But do you release it alongside Horizon or something? Like I, I don't. You have to have something to release it with. I, I don't. I don't. Understand. What's really interesting to me with the whole just economics of how all of this is working out? Xbox, Xbox One S announced E3 already out. Scorpio announced to be a much bigger, better thing next year. Later, yeah. later, later, later. PlayStation having an event now is kind of weird if they don't release the Neo this year because why now? Why not wait then to do it later? If it if it is just a like why not just have the event be about the PlayStation um, Slim? You know, like just what's their Xbox One S? It frankly, version could be, but I don't, I don't, I don't. Think That'd be the best troll of all time. All, they would never do. We're shrinking the PlayStation Four. It's it's ten. It's fifty dollars cheaper. That's it's, it. See you guys. It's the same yeah. reason why Andrew House gave that interview so that everyone went to E three and was like. It's not here, mm-hmm. like, like, because we were all like, of course, of course, it's I would have bet a thousand dollars that Neil would have been at E three if he didn't give that interview. So it was, it was, um, so you, you're right. I mean, the so you want to get like super fucking crazy and super unsubstantiated and super you know pie in the sky, and combine the PS four Neo coming out this year and my theory that Red Dead will also come out this year, and that's all revealed to be coming out the same day, and it's it's you know timed Neo exclusive or timed PS4 exclusive or something like that. You know, who knows? I mean, there's there's all those stupid rumors going back to the agent that Sony is owed uh, an exclusive from Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Very 
Very interesting. Very we interesting. shall see on September 7th. We don't know what our plans are yet, but we Pre will definitely shows, TV, so kind of funny keep games. you Probably talk over the conference as well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be damn fun. Speaking of inside sources, Colin, mm. this topic is all about them. We got two questions kind of from different angles about it. Sure. Question one comes from Next Gen Matt. He says, hey, guys, was wondering if you could explain inside sources in the gaming industry. When the NX rumors were dropped by Eurogamer, IGN and Kotaku confirmed the rumors with their insider sources. I assume this is either someone at Nintendo or a game developer or a retail partner of Nintendo that has information on the NX who confirmed these rumors. What I don't understand is why would they confirm this? Why was their relationship with Nintendo? What did they have to gain by confirming or supplying information? I understand writers being told information off the record, but I don't understand why someone with access to major developers or platform holders would release this information and allow journalists to publish it anonymously. Also, why would you remain a single outlet's go-to for confirming leaks? Why maintain that relationship with IGN or Kotaku? Any insight would be awesome. Cat's out of the bag at that point. I also, I mean, but the point is, is like at, at, the, at, at the nexus of like this information being released, right? The, my answer is I don't know. Like, I, and I've always wondered that. Like, I have no fucking idea why people tell me the things they tell me on the record or off the record. Like, you know, off the record, I guess I get. I know a lot of things off the record. Yeah, you're but, friends. But like... But the things that have been told me where I'm like, someone texts me when I was at IGN and was like, I'm like, really? You know, and, and I tweet back like, or text back like, is that on the record? And then you get a, a yes. And I'm like, really? Like, I, I'm, I'm, and then you try to get the second source or whatever. And you start, that's like what your whole day is about after that and, and reaching out for comments stuff like that. My, my whole thing is, I, and I don't know if Greg has a different insight into it. I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know. Like, I think some people just, just want you know, I, I think that some people might maybe get a little bit of satisfaction being like that's like in their own heart and their own mind, being like that's me, like that broke because of me or whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. So I thought the question was going on why an unnamed source in general. Why would some read it to me again? Let me see it. He's saying why would an unnamed source? But he asked why would some when why would there be a confirmation or whatever? No, he's saying why would an unnamed source with actual connections to these industry like these companies risk anything to talk to anyone about what they know. Like what? What is the payoff? When now? NX and rumors the, and the, were and dropped the, by Eurogamer, IGN, and Kotaku, I'm sorry, yeah, by Eurogamer, IGN and Kotaku confirmed rumors with their insider sources. I assume this is either someone at Nintendo or a game developer, retail partner at Nintendo, who has information on the NX who confirmed these rumors. That for so for right there for that one part, uh-huh. that's calling your friends who work in the video game industry and being like, hey, did you see what Eurogamer just put up? Is that true? So that would yes be no. that's that that second thing that Colin was talking about. So you I'm just making sure. The, I'm just saying where it's all in one bucket right now. I'm trying to clear it yeah. all up. So so for that though, like so you know you hear let's pretend you're you're at IGN, right? Mm. You hear this thing about the NX from I don't know wherever the hell Eurogamer, Eurogamer. Got it from. So then the rest of the day you spend it trying to figure out like reaching out to the people you know you know context, and all you're trying to get from them is a is this true or not? Right. You I would never publish anything without a second source, right? Yeah. So so. You hear something substantial, and then you just have to bounce that off of someone else. The only time that I ever published things that were only from one source is if someone else had already confirmed it, and we want to confirm it ourselves. So a good example of that is when Orbis's controller, yep. PlayStation 4 was codenamed Orbis, for people that don't know or don't remember, and uh, that controller image leaked of it, and I was the one who actually confirmed that it was real. Because the image was already out there. All I didn't need to do was talk to one person and be like, is this real? And, and that person was like, yes. Good enough. You know, like okay. So I guess the question is, why would that person give you anything? And they, and, and my answer is the same. I have no idea. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, but because why would somebody uh, as just who's going to be named an insider source confirm that? Because they're their your friend, they're your fan, they trust you, you trust them. Like there's, I mean, and also there's no pressure there. 
They're, okay, cool. Game, Kotaku, Eurogamer, whoever, has blown up the initial story of here is a, the picture of the controller, and you just call developer X and say, hey, I'm not going to use your name, but is this real? Yeah, that's real. Okay, great, thanks. Like That's using your relationships that you've cultivated. Yeah, but that, but that doesn't answer the question. That's not what the question is. The answer is, like, what did they get out of it? And, they, and I don't know. Like I, I, That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, we're friends. There's trust obviously built up. We, we've broken a bunch of stories in the past. We know a bunch of things, but... And a bunch of things we would never talk about because they're not on the record, yeah. and we respect that as well. You you build up this camaraderie. But my my honest answer it could be different. Greg's is I really don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I I um I've always tried to respect in, uh, that kind of thing with my sources. Where and you know I don't I don't technically consider myself to have sources anymore because I'm not breaking stories. When I hear something interesting and I want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But um like when I when I talk to you know uh, a source about uh, that person's feelings on the neo iteration for instance and i and i tweeted that out and it caused a big problem whatever it's like well i'm not like really double and triple confirming things anymore uh i believe that source and what they said i think it's true um and uh but that that kind of just comes through camaraderie and that comes through trust and time when i started writing when i moved over i had no sources no one was telling me anything you eventually have to shake that's kind of why i'm happy i'm not a journalist anymore is like the whole schmoozing kind of thing, like that's not for me. Like I, I, I have like very specific people in the industry that I that I talk to and trust or whatever. Um, but like when I think about Patrick Klepek and Jason Schreier and these guys that break real stories, the amount of fucking digging that they have to do and the amount of handshaking that they have to do in meeting these people is like probably it's mind boggling. It's not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't. I don't I don't know the answer to that question other than the fact that like you know the one thing that bothers me and I, I think Greg can speak to this more because I know that um, you know uh, journalistic standards are, are varied depending on what you're talking about but it's funny you bring this up because today I was going back and I was reading an old story from Kotaku about about how they were blacklisted from Polygon or Polygon blacklisted from Bethesda and blacklisted from um, Ubisoft for for all the shit they did with Doom and Fallout 4 and the Assassin's Creed games that they leaked. Um, and I was saying like, and, and how they just, they have no communication with those companies anymore. Those companies can pretend that they do not exist because they leaked four of their games or three of their games. Plus like they talked about how doom was all fucked up and prey was being developed by arcane. Like they have incredible contacts, um, that the PR and marketing teams can't control. They, they sacrificed their entire relationship with two massive companies with huge games, getting no early copies of games, no access to anyone, no invites to the E3 conferences, nothing to write these stories. And I'm like, I don't care what anyone says about them. That's journalism. Like they, 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 Kotaku has this bad name, but they burned the bridges and like hurt their bottom line to like break these stories. And I think that's fantastic. So you have to like the reason I bring that up is because those are like significant stories. Like I've written stories about like this game's canceled or this person said this thing or, or blah, layoffs blah, blah. here. Yeah, like there are layoffs here or this game, you know, blah blah blah. These guys were like, hey, Fallout Four is real. Here's yeah. a bunch of information about it. They they were like, praise being developed by Arcane. Uh, in Austin, and then Bethesda was kind of hinting that it wasn't, and they're like, "You're lying." Here are all the emails. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that- that's that's fucking badassery in my mind. Like, because because, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is this is something that was said by Steven Totillo in the piece, and I'm just paraphrasing. He's like, "We don't owe it to anyone to hype a game up. We are not playing by any. They're not playing by anyone's rules. They're playing by the rules of of what I feel like is their journalist and journalistic integrity. To we heard this and it's true, and here it is, and they're always right." Mm-hmm. But who the hell is talking to them? That's, that's that's what I'm saying. Like they, for all the sources that people we talked to, I can't fucking imagine who's giving them emails from Arcane. Like, yeah, yeah, or, that's ridiculous. Or who's like, you know, who's like, here's all of the key art for Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. twice. Yeah, God, damn. <laughs> you know, like, 
So that actually leads into the second question from the Wombat Dances. Do people have a right to report on industry drama and pre-release content? I asked myself this question in response to a video on The Know about how Sony had their No Man's Sky leak video taken down, supposedly because they didn't want companies talking about the leak. I also thought about industry dramas such as Kojima and Konami, Amy Hennig, Naughty Dog, and Timiko falling apart while developing Last Guardian. When we inevitably hear something about these events, do you think that companies should and could sue those who report on the drama? I'm also curious on your opinions of reporting on content that is yet to be released. Think No Man's Sky or Kickstarter backers. I remember when backers for Broken Age Act 1 started making content and reviewing the game before the official embargo. What about games that have yet to be announced? Collins brought up how secretive the games industry is. Does that make it okay to report on what a studio is working on before it's been announced? Like the Norse God of War game or Days Gone? I know I touched on a lot here, but I'm eager to hear your thoughts. It's not even that you touched on a lot. It's that Tim read it at fucking super speed. It's... it's Boom. I mean, I got it all. It's... 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 <laughs> It's all fair game. The things that I think are off limits are is like personal shit, you know, um, outing a person for being gay. Like, what is that a story? No, like it's not. It, or this person's getting divorced, or this person's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. back alimony. Like, who gives a fuck about any of that? And that's not really happening in the games industry. That's like Gawker esque, you know, Gawker Prime kind of shit. Um, good riddance. Uh, but um, it is fair game to say like this studio is having problems with this game or this game exists or uh, it's like, why would, why is that sacred? Like, why, why is that? I don't understand that. If, if, if that was the way it was looked at, like then the Pentagon papers would have never been leaked. Then, sure. then like we would have never gotten like all of this crazy, like th- there seems to be this weird standard where it's like, it's the artistic vision and all this kind of stuff. Well, uh, but Hillary Clinton's emails were leaked. And those were pretty newsworthy, weren't they? I mean, it, they were they were seemingly illegally gotten from sources, you know, uh, clandestine sources and all that kind of stuff. But it's still newsworthy. Like, I'm not saying that it's right to do those kinds of things. I'm saying is that it's still newsworthy. Mm-hmm. The thing you're talking about is, I think it's just an ever closing gap of the fact that I think for a huge part of the video game industry, it the journalism it was equivalent to Entertainment Tonight, and now you're talking about people who are out there covering this like you would cover anything for a real newspaper our generation that has come up you know i mean you talk about the not that i'm knocking or the originators of egm or game pro or nintendo power anything like that but that was the thing of like all right cool we are totally at the behest of the publisher so yeah we're gonna do this and maybe sushi x will put out 17 rumors and two of them have some credibility and like actually it's might, like you figure out which one yeah which. exactly and i have no idea if that's how it was really done or anything like that but then you do have our generation that came up and people who went to journalism school and want to do what patrick's doing and want to do what austin's doing and want to get out and what steve Martell and all of them are doing get out there and say okay cool like we want to break that and so there is this huge shakeup of in in the middle of that gap that's closing all the time is PR, and that's their you know their job for the entire olden days was to set up tours and bring games through and show you the best part of the game and explain to you when and have this plan that it's going to drop at E3 and this is how it's going to go and there'll be all these beats in this campaign and da 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 and then you have all these people who are there wanting to feed in a ravenous audience who I do think demands more than the Entertainment Tonight coverage as is seen in the reason why video game journalism and commentating and all these things are taking off and Jim Sterling's working out so well and all these different things they they want that they demand that and then you have so you just have an industry that's in the middle of a huge change and that is an industry that's being treated is you look at movies and entertainment coverage there right and how 
that had to grow with this industry that has now been around for more than 100 years or whatever, right? You look at video games, and we're nowhere near that. We are still in the infancy of video games. And we're in, so you're in the double infancy of video game journalism and what this is, and enthusiast press or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And so there's these growing pains. There's these stretch marks that get made because it is still the holdover of people who for years made the message and got it out a certain way, and then now there are the people who mm-hmm. are going to go and call their sources and get this and blow up an Assassin's Creed campaign before it ever starts. Yeah, and I, I, this is the whole thing for me is that I, 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 when people are like, well, this it's wrong, it's wrong that they, they you know, when Assassin's Creed Syndicate was leaked on, on Kotaku, it was called Assassin's Creed Victory, and they were like, it's, it's wrong that Victory was leaked that way. They had a plan for it, and I'm like, well, that's not Kotaku's problem. Like, like as long as it's not personal... It's not going after anyone personal, no one's families. It's corporate. It's about a video game. It's really not the end of the world. And it's interesting. We want to know those things. Like if I'm sure that was one of their biggest stories of the year when they released that because people care about that. And so you have to just draw the line at, at and what I think is is the line of decency. And I don't think there's anything indecent about a source coming to you and being like, "Well, I have all this information." Do you want it and you want to verify it and you vet it and all that kind of stuff? I mean, we were at, we were at IGN. Uh, IGN leaked Destiny. You know, we were the ones that did that. Like, that that happened when we were there. And that was a service to the readers to be like, this big game that you're going to be excited about it exists. And I don't really see, like, what... I don't, I don't want to act like I had anything to do with the story, by the way. I don't. Um, I don't I don't deal with Activision at all. But uh, to me, it's it seems to be, like, one of these interesting things where I'm like... W- Everyone's like, but they're anonymous sources and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, go read Politico one day and see how many people, how many people's yeah. names are on the shit. You know, like go read the Wall Street Journal and see how many unnamed sources are on the front on the front story. That's the way it goes. If the if the journalist and the writer trust that person, then they don't have to be named. Mm-hmm. You clear it with your editors and you're fine. That's the way it's always been. We didn't know who the fuck Deep Throat was until he was almost dead. Everyone seems to forget about those things. And by the way, that actually mattered. So it, it wasn't. It, it's to me, it's like. I think people are like protecting the PR and marketing interest a little too much. Well, I think you know? that thing, the line of decency, like where does that land? Like respecting these people that are trying to, to have their PR plans or whatever. And I get that the once you bring PR and marketing into it, it gets really dirty sounding because it sounds like these people are they're just trying to sell you a product and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's their job. But I think that also all the work that they're putting in the game, I get it. I understand these people being upset about this stuff. And when you take it a step further, like spoilers, like the this this specific story is about the No Man's Sky leaked is the new story and they're being asked to take that down because that is putting spoiler information out there you know you think about like the tv shows and stuff like the walking dead recently it's been an ongoing thing game of thrones as well where there's like these fan sites that are all just about spoiling stuff and they're getting either sued or takedown notices or whatever from amc and hbo because people are walking around taking pictures or or drones are flying Mm -hmm. um, filming People filming the the shooting of these uh, shows, and it's just like, okay, so that's news. You know what I mean? You get to see who did uh, Negan kill. You know? Yeah. What if that spoils that? You know? Like, yeah. that's the type of thing that's a little... Where's the decency line there? When you're actually invading people's space to create well, the thing that they're they're doing, and with, with the video game stuff, it's the same way. Sure. I, and, I, and that's the thing is, like, I never... I can't speak to these other people and the, their sources, and, I, and I, I'm sure Greg kind of operated the same way I did, which is people came to me. Like, I, I, like if, if someone had, like, a, a thing with just information, I never really had anything, like, material. I never had, like, a USB drive. I mean, it was nothing like, and you know, I a fucking dead drop in Washington, D.C. or something like that. Like, it was just, like, <laughs> it was like a phone call or a text or, like, this information, here's, here's what you need to know. I think that if, like, 
if you're if if someone like what you're talking about with Game of Thrones, like they're they're breaking and entering, like they're they're like this is a private studio or it's a private thing. Like yeah, that's yeah. different. That's not what I'm saying. And I can't speak to the legal nature of what they're doing and if they can get sued or whatever. From a libel point of view, it, I don't I don't see how writing a game writing that a game exists is libelous in any way. And the um. To me, it, it, it seems like, you know, I, 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 what you said was like, I can understand why people are upset. I understand why PR and marketing are upset. Let's say um, Dragon Quest Eleven. well, we already know it exists, like Final Fantasy sixteen leaks, right? Mm-hmm. If I was at Square Enix, I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. I, I totally understand why they're pissed. I don't understand why Joe Schmo on YouTube is upset about it. Mm-hmm. The hell does he care? You know, like, like that. that's the thing I'm confused about. Like, people, there's too many people carrying way too much water for these companies. You know, yeah, and that's the, and that's where it gets into this thing where, like, yeah, we're talking about how marketing would be upset, but there is also the developers, right? There's these teams of 100 people who have been working in secrecy. They haven't put it on their LinkedIn. They haven't been telling their family. You know, blah 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 blah. I understand that, like, that is the thing, especially when you know someone on, the, and I'm putting in quotes, know somebody. Let's say Sean Murray's next game got leaked. You know what I mean? And he put up a tweet of like how depressing that is. Like he put up a tweet of like, it sucks. This guy paid thirteen hundred dollars for this game, and I understand then people like feeling like they know that personality and rally behind him. Carrying water, then. Be- well, because there's the, there's an alternative mm-hmm. to this. Here's the alternative. Don't click on the stories. N- well, no, I mean that's 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 a solution to the problem, I guess. The alternative is like let's wait, guys, until the, the you know uh, uh, until everything's buttoned up and they want to show you their bull shots and they have all of their beautiful trailer and they'll leak out the information to you for over eighteen months. Isn't that exciting? We love that. Isn't that great? Like that's the alternative. Let them just spoon feed you everything. No gatekeep. You know they're the only gatekeeper. No one can penetrate the gate. Like like there's no there's no information about. You know, interesting information about like, well, this game's troubled, or this is isn't this an interesting story? Like, to me, as a, as an enthusiast, to me as someone who loves this industry and has been in this industry for a long time, that's interesting. That's way more interesting to me than most of the games that are coming out. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Are we owed those stories? I don't think so. But I I, I often wonder, like, if people look at the other side, it's like you want it just spoon fed to you. Well, like okay, that, you so, just want it on their schedule. You just want, and I understand that they they can they own the IP and they control the game, and I respect all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean you have to necessarily play by their rules. No, for sure. But so going back to what I was talking about, like the HBO stuff. So yeah, the people that are breaking in or entering, like that is illegal. That is yeah, wrong. Whatever. Not, I'm not saying that that's but right. reporting on that. Right. So that's things like that is then the source. That mm-hmm. is the thing you're not going to it, but it is coming to you in yep. a way, right? So you see that. Then do you are you allowed to write about that? Like is because that is news. It is news that somebody found out. But the, the, yeah, the, no, the this, this, this reminds me of the thing. newsroom. Remember that episode of the newsroom where you obtain the information illegally? Yeah, like yeah. The, there's. Uh, I don't. It's not even important. It's not even an important analogy. So no. I well, mean, so but I mean, so thing. No Man's Sky. Yeah. Right. No Man's Sky obtained illegally. What? No, no, they, no. No, no Man's Sky's. No, no. Some guy bought No Man's Sky for thirteen hundred dollars on eBay. For, but how did it? How did it? Because people were break, breaking street dates. There were thousands of people playing the game before it came out. Kotaku and Polygon were putting videos up a week before it came out. They just went out and bought it, like, and so, and that's what I was saying. It was so weird the way Sony, like, we I never seen Sony send emails the way, that, like, and 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 treat a game the way they were treating No Man's Sky because they it was completely out of their control, like, and I think that they realized that, um, and I thought that was interesting. But if you can go into it, like, and people like still are like, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Tatillo or one of those guys tweeted out or someone from Polygon, I don't know. Was tweeted out like we're not beholden to any embargo. We walked into the store and bought it. Yeah, that's always the thing, right? That's you know, always, like, that was always our thing. At you know. And I think that that's IGN or whatever. yeah. It's like, and I'm like, I get it. Like, you don't have to like if you don't play by the rules here, you might not ever get a yeah. game from them again. And you have to balance those kinds of things. And I respect that. If I had gotten the game early, if I had bought the game early, I would probably have played it, but probably would have not shown anything until the embargo. In fact, I'm certain I would have not because I was trying to hide anything, but because I have a long running relationship with Sony. And you don't want to, 
Yeah. We'll never get Days Gone. We'll never get God of War. We'll never get any of those games. We'll never be able to talk about any of it and for you guys. Enough, and we, we provide our, a service. And the whole point is our business isn't news to that point, right? Yeah. Like, sure, there's the relationship of it, but there's also the fact that, yeah, like... It's just about having discussion about right. this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like this or that. It's just more like, what do we think? What are the different sides and all yeah. that? So we, don't have to, we don't have to draw the line of being, or trying to be, you know, like, in terms of news or news coverage or coverage in general, trying to be objective on that mm-hmm. front anymore. We don't want to be dicks. There, These are thought-provoking questions, and I think they're salient questions and important questions, but I, I want to make a comparison to politics. Now, I understand that politics is way more important and way more real-world, right? Political campaigns craft a message. They often make they often leak things intentionally all the time, which I'm not entirely convinced publishers don't do either. And everyone's like, "Well, Hillary Clinton's about to give a major economic speech, right?" And then two days before the speech, or 36 hours before the speech, the speech leaks. They didn't intentionally do it; someone just leaked it. Someone with an axe to grind has access to the DNC server. They get it, they send it to the Wall Street Journal. The whole entire thing leaks. Should we just have respected that Hillary Clinton was going to give that speech? But she had a plan, guys. Hillary Clinton had a plan, and they worked so hard on it. You know, it's the you're you're basically saying the same thing. It's like, you know, someone at Ubisoft was like, we or someone that had access to Ubisoft's content was like, here you go, journalist. Here's all the stuff from Assassin's Creed. They're supposed to be like, whoa, but Ubisoft had a plan, guys. You know, Ubisoft had a plan. We got to respect the plan, the marketing and PR plan. No, what you have is newsworthy. Publish it. You know, like you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. I mean, that's kind of my, my stance on it. I think you can say that that's 100%, the, the journalistic no, no, 100%, stance, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you are a journalist. I'm not. Well, so I mean, you, you have a journalistic. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah, both journalists at one time. You have a journalistic training, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds on the up and up to you. Yeah, that's fine. So I mean, that's kind of my stance. If we want to take our, if we want our industry to be taken seriously, start taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Topic four of the day, as always, brought to you by you over on kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic. Go there, leave your questions, just like Ocelot570 did. Howdy, fellas. Is it shameful to play games on the easiest difficulty? On some games, I'm just not good enough to have fun and do well on medium to higher difficulties. Next question. No, it is not. Do it as we want. Play the games the way you want to play them. What do you care? I mean, I think the key thing there is that am I just not good enough? I'm just not good enough to have fun and do well. It's like, all right, cool. Doing well is one thing. Having fun. If you're not having fun... (laughs) That, that's the bigger thing. Yeah, have you'll, fun. You'll get good eventually, right? Yeah. Like that's how that works. I personally, I I like playing games on normal. Like I think that normal is that's the way that they intended it. Yeah, it's obviously. it's it's usually rare. But when if I'm playing a game on normal and it's way too easy and I crank it up, I'm usually like, man, this game wasn't balanced correctly. <laughs> if yeah. I can't play on the default difficulty and have fun, yeah, like, huh. that, that's usually usually a problem. The hard and then yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and all honestly, and in, in, you know. In earnestness, like I, I think you have to play the game the way you want. It's your game, your money. Once you, yeah, once you have the game, you play it the way you want. I actually ramp the difficulty up a lot, but mm-hmm. um, that's just because I usually actually for trophies. But yeah, that's, but that's the thing uh, is like depending yeah. on how. Like, I think that a lot of games don't do a great job of having harder difficulties. It is just kind of like random. The enemies things. hit you harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they yeah. Just, it takes three times more bullets to kill this thing. And yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. that's that doesn't make it more fun. Yeah, they're not or more challenging or whatever. Sure. It's just kind of a bit more like annoying. Having said that, there are games like Halo that do a great job of making sure that each difficulty level is its own experience and is balanced and all that stuff. And I think that uh it's up to you to kind of find where that sweet spot is for you. Because like I I know that and it could be even franchise specific. I know like anytime Alfredo plays Halo, he just pops right into he does his first run on heroic because he wants to get a feel for it, and then he does legendary because that's a different experience. Legendary. You know? But for me it's normal. Name is Ski. No man's sky. No man's sky. <laughs> Have you guys ever played a game on easy? Oh mm, sure. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I sure don't there's know, I don't know which, but definitely on yeah, trophy sure, sure. when you're trying to run through and do it again and again and again. Yeah, my oh, first. Oh yeah, yeah. If, we're, if you're grinding, yeah, yeah. 
My the first game that I can remember was Devil May Cry one because it that game had a, a feature where if you died I think five times uh, in the early on, yeah. then it just automatically bumps you down to easy. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna start spamming yourself over and like play again. So I eventually later beat it. I hated that. Sense, I don't feel like games do that anymore. To like, or as my talk shit like, to you, it's like, yeah, it's like, are you sure you want to play on this? Yeah. Uh, like, fuck Metal you Gear did. Metal Gear did with a chicken hat. You kept dying too much. Like, do you want the chicken hat? They won't be as hard. You pussy. Yeah. Oh yeah, or freaking pretty much any Nintendo game nowadays. Like after a while, they just give you the. You want to skip this? Level? Do you want? Do you want to skip this? That sounds the, like a PS2 thing, thing the most else? to me. Like that brings me back to that era, that specific era where it's like, ah, you kind of suck. That's funny. Uh, Yusef McGuid says, with the success of Pokemon Go and Battlefront, how important do you think IP is to a video game? Oh, I think important. it's extremely important. It's hugely like, important. Be, having something that's identifiable is like the most important thing for marketing, and marketing is how things get sold. So um, in terms of the success of a game, I think that it's easier for people to wrap their heads around what something is when they can visualize it already. You yeah. know, when it's a new IP, it's like, what does that even mean to yeah, people? That's they, the they, hardest need, and- they need to then learn what that is, whereas Battlefront, you can literally have a teaser trailer that's – it's. A snowy planet, and all of a sudden there's a ATAT coming. You know it's Star Wars. You understand what that means. Whereas uh, other things need to show a lot more for you to take something out of it's it. It's the reason uh, games of the two after them sell better, right? Because there's usually now an established audience who's already learned what this is and has talked about it and going out, mm-hmm. and they want you to go do that. And that's why, you know, I, obviously Spider Man on PlayStation 4 is going to sell so much better than Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know that I have anything really to add to it, I guess. At the end of the day. <laughs> I just I just feel like I, what I was going to say was that I feel like there's a, too much of a reliance on on established IP. I like I like that um, even if Sunset Overdrive or uh, Days Gone on the other side, I, I feel like there still needs to be investment in new IP to establish those things because that you the IP can be that, that towel can be fucking wrong real quick. 100%. And uh, I feel like there's a reluctance to in, uh, invest in that yet I also see a, a changing of the course as well with Ubisoft for instance r- saying like we're not going to do we're not going to beat the shit out of Assassin's Creed anymore for no reason we'll disappear for a little while and when we when we bring Assassin's Creed back maybe you'll like it but we'll give you a movie though yeah we'll give you a movie in the meantime so you don't forget too much about Kanye it but, West soundtrack. but uh, I, I feel like that was a really smart move that they didn't have to do they probably could still sell millions of copies of that game every year if they wanted to yeah. well Grand Theft Auto is a great actually the best example of all of them right so you know they if I would, if I would not, I don't know that I would have the reluc- the uh, the restraint that Rockstar and Take Two have had with that game. Where if I had Grand Theft Auto Five and I was like, well, now we're just going to hire literally five studios and we're just going to make Grand Theft Auto all day, every year, Grand Theft Auto is going to come out. And that's what they did on PS2. Um, it wasn't made by five studios, it was made by the same studio, but but for the best th- trilogy of all time in video but, games. But they 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 showed reluctance. And what what did that do? Well, they have the second or third best selling game of all time. Mm-hmm. They made billions of dollars in profit. And they have this sacred IP, and they know that when they release Grand Theft Auto Six, um, it's going to be a massive deal, and they'll sell. They might have sold twenty million copies of all those games, but the next one, they'll invest less money in making it, and they'll make more money on the back end. So I think that there's ways to really respectfully treat the IP as well. And keep in mind too that going back to the well on an IP doesn't necessarily mean that you don't get to make new ones. Look at you know Naughty Dog, right? They make all these Uncharted, and that opens the door for a Last of Us. You yeah. make enough money, you've established yourself. Go do this. Mm-hmm. Same thing you assume now. With Sucker Punch, right? You made a bunch of infamouses. People understand who you are. You assume next one's going to be a new IP. Go make it. Yep. Joy Benoodles. Joy Benoodles. follow-up question to the last Newman one. Newman Sky. <laughs> what do you think about that potential Telltale Mr. Robot, Robot game? I don't know what to make of this yet. I think by the time, well, maybe not by the time this actually airs, but around that time we'll probably have 
information on it. I find it hard to believe that Telltale is going to make a Mr. Robot series. But they did make a, what was that, uh, Wolf Among Us, which yeah. is arguably not nearly as popular as Mr. Robot. So they, but they're all, that was also a different Telltale. Yeah. There's something, like, so people have to understand that, and we talked about this on Colin and Greg, that all Telltale did was retweet Evil Corp, which is the E Corp, which is the, the corporate, like the corporation that they're going after and, and Mr. Robot trying to hack. Um, they, they just retweeted shit from those verified accounts about this app and all this kind of stuff that's going to be revealed at Gamescom and all that. If they make a Mr. Robot series, that's fucking bold and badass, especially because Mr. Robot's apparently his ratings are not very good this season. So, but I feel I, like so I'm a little, a... I'm a little reluctant to think that they're making it. I feel like the, yeah, the ratings aren't great, but in our Venn diagram of video game friends and nerds and Mr. Robot fans, it feels like there's so much overlap. Every mm-hmm. time you mention this show on Connor Greg Live, the chat explodes. You know what I mean? I feel like you would find an audience for it here, and you've seen them do it with Game of Thrones. They like getting tied into these universes. Game of Thrones is huge. You know, like that's the, the thing. That's the thing I'm saying is like. Mr. Robot is a somewhat niche USA show. Sure, sure. Game of Thrones is a marquee HBO series. They're working HBO with series. Batman and Marvel and Game of Thrones and I had another Minecraft. They're, oh, yeah. they're working with and, huge yeah, IPs. And then Mr. Robot? I'm like, well, it just doesn't seem like... I mean, I would love that. I think that'd be cool. That, would that, you play it, though? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mr. Robot's great. And I'm, I'm going to play Batman. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm going to wait till they all come out. But Batman, yeah. I'm really excited about it. I, 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 it, looks, it looks great. I heard it doesn't run very well. Um, shocking. But... Uh, now, I would play that. Yeah, I would be really into that. I just, I just feel like that. There's got to be other things they could be doing, you know. But maybe, maybe they want to, you know, do something. Yeah, something they they're excited. They're about. passionate they're about. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I, I respect that. And and the show is exceptionally written. So, Grocer's Pride says this one's more directed towards Tim. Pokemon Go's huge, but I haven't really gotten into it. It's an occasional distraction for me, but I'm not compelled to play it. That said, the app inspired me to buy a 2DS on the cheap so I could play Pokemon Yellow, and I'm totally hooked for the first time since Pokemon Go came out. My question to you, as a lapsed Pokemon player, do you have any suggestions for the next Pokemon game I should play on my 2DS? Should I try to go in chronological order, or should I hop into the current iterations? Are there any must-play in the series? My favorite of all time is Gold and Silver, and the remakes on the DS, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, are... I think by far the best Pokemon games. The uh, they're all good. They're all great. Even so, it's like I don't think that uh, there's any bad place to jump in. Black and White was really good. Um, if you're only gonna do one, I'd go Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and go from there. Um, I think that if you take the time playing those, that might lead up nicely to uh, Sun and Moon coming out in November. I'm so. Interested to see you. I, I thought his question was going in a different direction. I thought he was going to ask about, because he said that Pokemon Go actually convinced him to play Yellow, and I was wondering if he was going in the direction of, like, what do we think, the because we've talked about in the past, what the bleed-over is going to be from the Pokemon Go casual player. Will they buy a 2DS or a 3DS and and uh, and play the new Pokemon games? I'll be really interested to see if there's some sort of data yeah. that's released. See, early conversion on, data. In, uh, on Gamescast, I was saying I don't think it's going to have much conversion rate, but I, I think I'm going to kind of change my thoughts on that. I think that, you know, seeing all these people play, like people that do not play games, I bet you we could convince Aaron to play Pokemon. You know, I don't think it would take too much. I mean, she would need a 3DS and stuff. Yeah, she like, can use mine. She'll but, play uh, Invisible. Yeah, great. But uh, I, I think that uh, it's going to be interesting. I wonder if there is a way to kind of get that data. To that point, to Greg's point, she has asked multiple times straight up she wants a Vita. So God bless. What are you waiting for? God bless. I'll just give her mine and I'll go buy it now. 4533 says, um, is there a place for disabled or differently abled game journalists? I can only play games with one hand. If I were to review a game, would my opinion, specifically in regards to the controls, be just as valid as a review by an able-bodied journalist? 
I think there's a place for that. Yeah, I think it's you. You, I think you start your own though. You start your own thing. You do your own niche reviews. You get your own YouTube channel, your own site, your own dot com. Isn't there a site called ablegamers.com? That's about yes, but I, yeah, about about I know they're they more... rating games on how they are for uh, disabled gamers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's, that's, that's a, a, that sounds good. That sounds like an outlet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would be that would be valid. And what I really like is that. Um, uh, game developers seem to be. I mean, these aren't a lot of these. You know, uh, catering to a disabled uh, like super niche in a way is not profitable, but it is the right probably for this the right thing to do. And I like that a lot of studios are starting to think about this. The game Hue that we saw at GDC that's coming to Vita and PS4 in a few weeks um, is all about colors. And remember, I asked him on the stream. I'm like, "How can a colorblind person playing it?" Thinking I kind of not nailed them, but I was kind of like, "Gotcha, fuckers!" But I was kind of like expecting an answer, which I thought would have been a valid answer. Would have been like, "You can't play it." And I would have been like, okay, that's a valid answer because there's, you know. But they're like, no, we actually thought about this and here's how you play it with you can't see color. And I was like, huh. Yeah. So what was I, the answer? They put like the letters symbols, on each one like, and yeah, symbols. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. terms of is there a place for him at an IGN, a GameSpot or whatever? I think there is. I don't know if you're on the review team necessarily. If you are, I think there there's – I, like it would be hard I, not knowing him personally and like the, the other, and another disabled gamer, right, in terms of like – if your critique is that it's hard to control, that's where it gets weird. You know what I mean? And if it, you are critiquing that it doesn't have this mode mm-hmm. that you would need, that gets weird. But I do, definitely think in terms of a pundit role, a personality role, a person who loves games and has a unique res- perspective on games, yeah, there is. Definitely. Uh, Big Time says, Hey there, Tim, Colin, and Greg. With Zelda Breath of the Wild coming to both Wii U and NX, I'm presented with a dilemma. Do I play it on Wii U and miss the chance of possibly playing it on the go? Alternatively, I could wait and play it on the NX when it launches in March and miss out on being able to discuss my experiences with the day one crowd being on Wii U. How are you planning on playing Zelda? NX all the way, motherfucker. I feel like you might be a little misguided yeah, the day with and all day, of this. Yeah, supposedly day and date. So the day one will be on the NX if you get an NX. So... I'm going to be playing on an X. I hope you are, too. I'm going to be playing on an X on the plane, on the toilet, everywhere. I'll be playing on an X as well. Playing it while I fuck Kevin. (laughs) Superflip says, hey, guys, (laughs) I host an annual video game tournament I call the Thunder Games. Nice. I try to pick games that are short and simple so that anyone can come and play regardless of skill level, i.e. Nidog, Divekick, Speedrun on Super Mario Level 1-1, etc. My question is this. What games do you think fit this category that I can include in the upcoming year's Event Star Wall have three rounds for three different games in each round and end with the semifinal and final for the top scores. Star Wall Video beasts. Ball Video Ball oh, Video Ball Yeah Hell Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tower Fall Yeah What was o- that ge- Overcooked What was that game Fuck It's okay Don't worry, don't worry. Um, I can't remember I can't even think of it It's like all the I'm trying to think of all What's these the one, Let's what, Plays we did uh, oh, God now I'm doing it The one where we played at GDC as well <laughs> It was with the wireless controllers. We, t- we asked for him for advice on the wireless adapter. It was like we were in... The volleyball one? No, where we were in the Pantheon, and we ran around yeah. with swords fighting oh. each other. That was a good one. Oh, right. Go yeah. look at our Let's Plays. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, just go look at the Let's Plays. Arena. 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 Arena gods. Arena, Arena gods. gods. There yeah, we Arena go. Gods. And then the one you were talking about was dodgeball, dodgeball stick ball or something like that. Yeah. Stick em dodgeball or whatever. That was fun. You that was that great. That was great. But Star Wall. Final question comes from... Malakath the Red. Hello. I was wondering if you guys think Level 5 will ever continue the Dark Cloud series. Mm. Colin? Yeah, I think it's possible. They they um, they um released, I think, Dark Cloud 1 and 2 on PS4. Um, Level 5 is a weird studio because they work on a lot of different things. They're doing Nino Kuni 2. They're doing Leighton. Um, 
you know, so so they seem to have their hands full. I don't know, like like the rhyme or reason of how they make stu- how how they make their games, but I think Dark Cloud Three has always been kind of a point of discussion. Rogue Galaxy is another game that they did on PS2 that people really love that they can go back to. Level Five is a pretty great developer. I mean, they did have misses. White Knight Chronicles was fucking trash. What are you but, talking about? Clements loved it. Um, no, he didn't. That and that that, that game can we just say Clements sucks? Oh my god, I hate White Knight Chronicles. I hated it. Um, so they have had misses, but I think it's possible. Dark Cloud is an interesting game, and I feel like in a, some ways a little bit ahead of its time. I forget, is, that's out now on PS2 Classics? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll watch numbers on that for sure. Yeah, I, I think that Dark Cloud in its kind of like... It's kind of like I always re- reference Azure Dreams and these other games where you're like going into these places and, and trying to extract as many goods out of them as possible and kind of exploring and all that kind of stuff. It seems like kind of part of the zeitgeist today, actually, mm-hmm. when you look at these these roguelikes and these kind of procedural games. Like I think that Dark Cloud 3 could be a game that exists in a AAA yeah. space. Um, amongst those other kind of more indie style games, so I would love to see that. I would play the shit out of that game. I love Dark Cloud, mm. Dark Cloud, and Dark Cloud Two is great too. That reminds me, did you see on NeoGaf recently that uh, there was some a thread about how Capcom saw the result or the the sales of Resident Evil Remake HD, and they're like super surprised by it, and they're like, oh, we're gonna try to do a lot more of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't fathom. I don't understand what they're doing with Animusha One, Two, and Four. What, hate what, so much what they're doing with Animusha. So fucking much. They should release Shut the Animusha up, trilogy. Let us have some fun. Animusha, Animusha 2, and Animusha Dawn of Dreams, the great Animusha trilogy. Oh my god. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. We will see you next week. Until then, I love you. Animusha.